The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for the show today. I'm really happy that you could join me. Spring is springing. It's sprung around here in San Diego. It's looking nice um, outside my window. I'm getting some sunshine. Although here in San Diego, we have this thing called May Gray. I don't know if you've experienced that. <laughs> it, can, it can be kind of a kind of a drag, kind of a downer. Earlier in the day, it'll be really gray and sometimes foggy, but then generally it burns off around noon and we have some nice weather. And spring here is absolutely beautiful. Everything's blooming and it's it's pretty awesome. So the time for regrowth and renewal. I mean, the equinox was March 20th. The North Pole is starting to lean towards the sun and the day and, day and night are about the same time length. And I just, I love this time here. You know, this time of year, many people think about detox, cleanse, weight loss, I mean, really cleanse physically and emotionally too. You know, sometimes people look around their homes and apartments to clean things and clutter clear. It's a time to move energy around. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today with my guest, and he's going to help us make the most of this springtime and to look ahead to the summer for optimal health. And my guest today is Dr. Elson Haas, and he's a longtime integrative family physician who is the founder and director of the Preventative Medical Center of Marin, an award-winning holistic medical clinic in San Rafael, California, kind of up the road from me here in San Diego. He's in Northern California. And Dr. Haas encourages patients to find their inner source of healing and to protect their health. And he joins me live today. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Haas. Hello, Diane Ray, and hello, everyone. Nice to be here and talk about uh, health and healing and the cycles of life and nature. Yeah, and just kind of plugging back into that. You know, I've been spending some time reading your book here, and I'm really loving it, Staying Healthy with the Seasons. I actually got a couple uh, different copies of your books from your publicist, so I'm working my way through those. But this one, I asked her, which one do you like the best? And she said, staying healthy with the seasons. So I'm starting with this one. And I was surprised to find out that this book was actually first released in 1981. And this is the 21st century edition. And you're a trailblazer. You're a pioneer, one of the early adopters of looking at traditional Chinese medicine, uh, looking at health and food from a seasonal perspective. And so just, you know, kind of taking us back to ni- 1981, you know, this was pretty revolutionary around that time. So first of all, I want to congratulate you for, um, you know, your anniversary here of this book. Yeah, it's for- 40 years, 40 years. In- <laughs> 40 it. years. Wow. That makes me feel old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's my son's, uh, my son's 36 and he's getting married this weekend, but it's also, um, Hello. So his um, uh, his favorite book of mine, also. So um, yes, and I have it in uh, I have it in Espanol, también. So I'm I'm studying Spanish, and uh, we're having a wedding in Mexico too next in a couple of weeks. So that's so great. So lots to celebrate, and I guess your son grew up with this philosophy. If he's as old as the book, 
Yeah, he's he's embraced it more in his adulthood and, and does it. Um, sorry, busy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, he lives a pretty healthy lifestyle. He's lived all over the world, and uh, you know he's been part of my classes. I've been doing uh, last three years. I've been uh, teaching online, and uh, I have my all seasons health program, which are, you know, I'm guiding and working with people who are in my, in my year long course. And I'm starting, um, tr spring to summer transition. And I can give you the dates on that uh, on my website, but, uh, I think it's just been a great, you know, I mean, I'm just looking at what's happened in this last year and the, the pandemic, you know, I mean, there's a couple benefits. One is the earth has gotten a little cleaner because there's less driving, less activity, less, less pollution, hopefully. And telemedicine. So my, you know, my practice, I'm really doing a lot of uh, care for people. Uh, and I'm as busy as I've ever been in almost 50 years of practice, you know, and um, it's just been great that I can talk to people online on, on Zoom and, you know, get some, you know, some of that covered where it didn't used to be that way. So those are a couple benefits of this last year. And I used to travel, you know, once or twice a month to conferences and lectures and all that. Haven't done that in a few years, you know, because everybody can stay home and and you know be part of that. So I love I love the online teaching. I love the groups, and I just did a my 46th annual spring cleanse. So we did two weeks of juices, uh, you know, transitioning in and out, and I've been doing teaching that for a long time, and it, you know, really helps with my health, uh, keeps me young. At you know, at 73, I don't take any medicines. I feel good. Uh, I think if I had continued living in, uh, you know, my family's American lifestyle, we would, I, you know, I'd have a lot more problems. So I think part of uh, following the seasons and, and spring cleansing and physically, physically active, eating lots of veggies, uh, I think really makes a difference in our health. And I see that with, you know, a lot of people who are in my courses. Well, you're definitely a testament to that. And we're going to delve into that because I want you to be able to share your philosophy because it's so needed right now. And I want to tell people to head over to your site. It's elsonhaasmd.com. And you can see what Dr. Haas has going on there. Check out his books and his courses. And um, we'll, we'll mention that again before the end of the show, too. So I'm just curious, you know, with your experience, I mean, you've been, you know, walking the walk and, and talking the talk since the 80s. I mean, are we are we getting better? <laughs> are we getting worse? I mean, are you seeing positive changes in, in people's eating habits? Are people more aware of some things? I mean, I'm seeing the a rise in interest in uh, veganism and vegetarianism and things like that. What's your take on that? Well, I think yeah, yes and no. I mean, this last year has been challenging for everybody. A lot of weight gain, a lot, a lot less, act, you know, physical activity, a lot more quick, you know, quick food, you know, fast foods, and I think, uh, but more overall, people are tuning into the idea of both cleansing and intermittent fasting and diet changes and veganism. Uh, you know, and I've, you know, one of my, my second book after staying healthy with the seasons is a 1200 page book called staying healthy with nutrition, which really goes into the details of all the various diets and what they do. And, um, you know, and, you know, part of the message is, you know, the process that people use to tune into what the right diet is or what the right eating program for them is, is what I teach, you know, because not everybody 
can handle the same thing. Some people follow a, a certain eating eating way and don't do well with it. You know, and I do a lot of work with allergy and you know food hypersensitivity, uh, working on you know the detoxification process. And this is really what I've been writing about and teaching for these last forty years too. Well, I really like that message of an individualistic approach because I'm like a lot of people that have, you know, I've, I've jumped on the bandwagon of a lot of different diets. Uh, you know, there was like the blood type diet, um, you know, of course, vegetarian and, and veganism, would, which I think is a little bit different. It's not, I would say that's more of a lifestyle than, mm-hmm. you know, a diet. Cause I think people adopt that for different reasons, but you know, I've, come to find certain things that work individually for me, certain foods that I react to and and things like that. And that's something that you said you've been talking about for a long time. You really advocate that people pay attention and listen to their bodies. Right. And, and really. Exactly. Well, and that's part of the the benefit of doing some, any kind of detox with, you know, I mean, the simple ones that people can do are I'm going to take three weeks and be off caffeine, alcohol, sugar, wheat, dairy, fried foods, red meats, uh, and okay, then see how I feel. Because when I've been lecturing and talking about detox, you know, one of my books called The Detox Diet, I have chapters on each of what I call the snacks, S-N-A-C-C. Stands for sugar, nicotine, alcohol, caffeine, chemicals. From my experience in interviewing audiences, 90% of people are habituated to at least one of those about 50% are two or more. They have caffeine in the morning, they have sugar in the day, they have alcohol in the evening. And I want, and none of these things are totally evil, maybe smoking is the more more so, you know, because a lot of people can handle some of these things, but it's the way we become hooked on them, the way we start to use them and even abuse them, and we start to depend our our energy. And there are a lot of people who, Uh, I have the syndrome that I call the stimulation sedation syndrome, and I have a program for it's called regain your natural energy, which is to get away from caffeine and sugar as stimulants and alcohol and cannabis and other things as as relaxants, just to take a break so you can get get into your own rhythm. Because I think our body works better when we feed it nutrients versus when we feed it stimulants. And so there's that transition, though, because people, you know, if you're a three cup of coffee a day drinker and you go off, you're going to be headachy, you're going to be irritable, you're going to be fatigued for a few days. But usually you pass through that. The same with sugar, uh, alcohol, you know, there's different levels. So, uh, you know, and nicotine is the hardest one to really give, get away from when you're a regular smoker. But I think the key is that we need to just take an honest look at that. I mean, we just had January, you know, the dry month. So a lot of people said, okay, I'm off alcohol for the month. Or people who smoke pot regularly, okay, let me take three or four weeks off and just let's see where my body's at. How do I how do I function there? And I think it's it's important to consider that because I have a lot of patients that I'll see, okay, when I'm, I have my questionnaire, it looks at how much coffee you do a day, how much alcohol, you know, all the different habits. It's very detailed, lifestyle-oriented questionnaire. And I'll ask somebody, well, when the last time you didn't do coffee and alcohol for a few weeks? They'll look at me funny, you know, it's like, what? You know, that's the, the, the concept is, and, uh, you know, they'll look back, it might be 10 or 20 years, you know, so... I said, well, that's, you know, often my first level of how do I improve your health? Because one of my mottos in in medicine is how we look and feel is primarily a result of how we live. And if you want a different result, 
you got to look at everything that you do, the foods you eat, the supplements, the drugs you take, etc. How is that affecting your health? And so that's where you start to take charge of your own, of your own well-being uh, by just looking at what you're doing, making some changes there, and see if you can improve your health. And I know that if we just did simple detox across the country and the world, that 50% of people's issues, blood pressures will go down, cholesterol will go down, uh, you know, pre-diabetes and early diabetes would improve. That's the beauty of the integrative medicine model is you can take these early chronic diseases, which are primarily lifestyle-based, even cancer is primarily lifestyle-based, and we start to kind of take our take our health back and you start to reverse those conditions rather than the typical Western approach. You know, I still write way too many drug prescriptions as well, but you know, you gotta you gotta do what works. But you know, most doctors are just gonna you have high blood pressure, you know, they don't work with you and on your lifestyle, they work, okay, well, you're gonna take this medicine, you're gonna be on this daily for the rest of your life and you know, kind of get used to it. And you know, that's not always true you know so we can we can make a difference when we take charge of our health right and i really like that approach and and what you're saying because you're right where you're dealing with doctors a lot of times they're just going to keep trying a different drug trying something else because people i think generally are lazy and they would rather have that quick fix you know and have the easy pill you can take or something like that when you really have to take a look at your lifestyle and what you're doing. And I, and I really believe that we have a lot more control than we generally think we do. I mean, looking at my own family history, you know, it's kind of pretty cancerous, you know, unfortunately background of, of my relatives and, you know, little Alzheimer's and stuff thrown in there as well. So I think it's good to be aware of it, but I don't think that knowing that means that you're going to follow in those same footsteps. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have the same experience that my parents did. Right. And that's true. If you don't live the same lifestyle that they did. Right. For the changes, the, the kind of the, one of the greater, the newer fields of study is called epigenetics, which is your lifestyle affects whether certain genetic potentials express themselves or not. And we can see, and my friend Ken Pelletier uh, has a book out called uh, something like change, change your genes, change your life, you know, and uh, nutrition has the most effect. Uh, stress is a factor. Exercise, you know, all of the, the basic lifestyle things. If you don't sleep well, and you're, you know, that creates more stress in your body. So you can really alter that. And a lot of the the herbal and phytonutrients that are in plants and foods that we eat, and or you know, herbs that we can take, you know, have a, a beneficial effect on that genetic expression. So you know, to right. me, that's valuable. Absolutely. So personally, I mean, do you, I know you advocate an individualistic approach, but do you um, personally follow like a, a vegetarian or, or vegan lifestyle? Uh, well, let's say I, I was an overeater and uh, overweight from age six on, okay, until I did my first cleanse around 1975, dropped 20 pounds, my 20, 20 years of allergies every day, cleared up on the third day started sleeping uh, two hours less a night and feeling better when I woke up in the morning. And my whole vitality changed. I said, wow, I could feel like this. I'm 27 years old at the time. I could feel like this. Okay, it matters what I put in my mouth. 
I have to make some changes because I was eating and burgers and fries and, you know, just I grew up in the, you know, in the 50s, basically with, you know, Hostess cupcakes and Wonder Bread and, you know, all the good American industrialized food. And now it doesn't it doesn't do us well. So when I've changed that and I've eaten mostly organic and all that. But when I when I need to lose weight, it's mainly vegetables and protein. So that's what I do or my detox programs. Um, I gave up uh, four legged animals back in my first cleanse. So that's 40 some year, 45 years that I don't eat that. And I grew up, my first diet was at age 13. I was doing what was called the Stillman diet, which is very much like a, um, an Atkins diet, which is high protein. So I was making, and I, we, I, my folks, we had a, a family grocery store in Detroit. So I had a meat counter so I could have the best steaks and burgers. And you know, I was eating burgers and, and steaks and cottage cheese and sliced tomatoes and iceberg lettuce. That was what I ate for like two or three weeks. Dropped some weight, got rid of it. That was my first dietary experience at around 13. And, uh, but I, did, I still ate a lot of junk all through. And one of the issues I had was uh, uh, med school and an internship was free food. And this is a cafeteria food. So that wasn't good for me either. So, uh, you know, and I finally had to get out into the world and start looking at nutrition and, you know, detox and natural therapies. That's what I did all through the 70s. And then I said, I have to write about this. This is valuable because traditional Chinese medicine, herbal medicine, nutrition, cleansing. I said, this should be part of healthcare. So, you know, my folks were trying to understand that, you know, they helped me get through med school. And I said, and I was working in the, you know, out in the country and being a, you know, being a country doctor. And I said, what are you doing? So, it's, you know, I wasn't making any money either. I was trading for eggs and, you know, painting here and there and stuff like that. Uh, I said, well, I'm, I better write a book so you understand what I'm doing. You know? And finally, when Staying Healthy with the Seasons came out, I said, oh, I see. Okay, they didn't get it all because it was a little bit you know, more metaphysical and, you know, a little different than their typical lifestyle, but they really embraced it and they went on a diet and had a, you know, vegetable soup diet and, you know, they started embracing that, but then they understood a little better what I, what my path was, you know, so bringing all these systems into healthcare, which has been my practice, you know, in, you know, my recent, most recent book is called staying healthy with new medicine NEW, and stands for natural E for Eastern medicine, W for Western. So I incorporate those, and that's really what Staying Healthy with the Seasons does as well. Well, I'm really interested in, in digging into, you know, and in, more into the book, because I've read into the spring and the summer, but I, I definitely want to finish it. I was curious as to, um, what do you think about the Ayurvedic, you know, modality? Because you you talk a lot about Chinese medicine and, and right. incorporating that into your work. Have you ever experimented with that? Yeah. My son's actually studying uh, Ayurveda now in an online course for the year. Uh, he's really interested in it because he's lived in India and Nepal. He actually started working in Nepal for the last five, six years. He was hiking in the Himalayas when the earthquake happened. So he was really close to that experience. Um, but Ayurveda is very similar to traditional Chinese medicine in terms of understanding the body's elemental balance, how to bring that about, you know, a more natural you know, it is a little bit more, it has a little bit more natural um, vegetarian orientation than Chinese medicine, which is less vegetarian, more like warmth and meat and things like that to fuel. But uh, 
you know, I'm not as experienced in Ayurveda as I am in traditional Chinese medicine, but I, I, I embrace it and I understand it, you know, and I know my body type and I know what works well for me. Right. Right. I was curious because I've done the the quizzes and, you know, read some things about Ayurveda and know my doshas and, and that kind of thing as well. So I'm, I'm interested in all of that. But I want to talk a little bit before we go to a break about the Chinese medicine element in your work, because I, I think it's so interesting how you apply that. And you make it really easy to understand, too. I want people to know if they pick up the book, you know, you don't have to be uh, a nutritionist or a scientist to really figure this out. Um, it, it's laid out really nicely. Yeah, there's, uh, five, there's five different artists in that book. And there's lots, you know, I when I was in school, I said, I like I want information to be visual and, you know, and words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We learn from both sides of our brain. And that's part of the book is about is like the right left brain balance. And so, yeah, I understand your comment. And, you know, it's appreciated that the book is really easy to understand and it deals with multiple systems, which is, you know, I think helpful for people. You know, because I had to basically explain, like, what is China? You know, this is like before Chinese medicine was popular, you know. You know, or even natural medicine. I mean, this was everything was Western medicine, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. And now it's kind of changed a lot. So this was kind of a beginning of the back to nature approach in healthcare, where health, you know, like when I, my first book first came out, health food stores were a few items, you know, wheat germ oil, bee pollen, kelp. You know, there wasn't like all the supplements. When I was doing herbal medicine, you know, in Bolinas, California, I was like gathering my own herbs. I had to go to a, an herbal, an herb, herb, you know, store in San Francisco that bought stuff from all over the world. So I would buy, I had all these jars, but you know, cause you couldn't go into the store and buy a capsule that were a diuretic to support your kidneys or to lower blood pressure or all these things. Now there's tens, hundreds of thousands of products out in the marketplace. So it's complicated and yet it's, you know, really available. That's true. I've noticed I was at Costco recently and they've tried to embrace, uh, you know, a lot of different natural foods and, you know, I'm, I'm seeing things in there that I, I hadn't seen before. So it is becoming a lot more, uh, a lot, a lot more available, which is great, you know, and, and what's great about your book is that, I mean, I had a, I had a little bit of a background and, and am familiar with some things in Chinese medicine, but you know, I, I learned a lot in just a few chapters I've read right now. And I think someone who's just like coming in fresh and, and doesn't know anything is going to be able to easily like pick it up and, and get some questions answered. So you were talking a little bit about detox and I just wanted to, um, you know, get into that before we, we get to the break and intermittent fasting and things like that, which has become really popular. And with being in, in this time of year with, with detox and you talk about the master cleanse in the book and you share the recipe, which I've never really seen the whole recipe like laid out in that way. And there's been a little bit of controversy. Like some people think it's kind of extreme and a little dangerous. I mean, what are your views on that, on the master cleanse in particular? Well, when it's, when it's applied, I mean, I've watched thousands of people do it. I've done, you know, how many days I've done about probably 500 to a thousand days of cleansing in my career, you know, um, it's relatively safe when applied, especially if you know how to tune into the changes you need. Uh, it's not for everybody, and it is extreme. So that's why, I, that's why I wrote the detox diet, because I said, what's something that would give me a similar effect 
but people get to eat three times a day, you know, because not everybody wants to fast. Because I realized when I started applying it, you know, and juice cleansing, which is, you know, different than water fasting, juice cleansing gives you energy, gives you nutrients. Uh, I mean, people have more energy on master cleanse than they're used to ever experiencing. And you pee a lot. So the combination <laughs> of lemon juice, so the formula is two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice, one tablespoon of pure maple syrup, ideally organic, one-tenth a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, eight ounces of water. So it's kind of a spicy lemonade that simulates water release. Uh, it helps reduce your hunger, provides energy, the little bit of maple syrup in there. Now, the original formula was from a man named Stanley Burroughs, who I met back in 75. I went to a talk he gave. Then I started working with him a bit. He kind of embraced me because I was a I wasn't one of those doctors. I was somebody who was more open-minded to natural healing. So um, he wasn't very healthy himself. And I thought, the first time I did it, I did the extra maple syrup in it. But I th thought we didn't really need that much. All I want, you want a little bit of maple syrup so that it's providing energy because all your cells run on sugar. So it gives you a little bit of energy to keep your, keep your going. So I find that I can work out, I can work. You know, at my office, uh, you know, I feel really good. And you just got to keep it going. And as I said, I watch thousands and thousands of people do this. Very, very few people have issues other than I'm hungry. I, I don't, you know, I want to do this. Or, you know, you can have a few days of headaches and, and detox symptoms. But I think by and large, it's relatively safe when you follow, you know, clear directions. And in the spring section of Staying Healthy with Seasons have a lot of details on how to do it healthfully. And do you feel sharp mentally? Like you don't feel foggy or, you know? Yes. Well, the original <laughs> one goes back to Hawaiian culture and master and the cleansing part was used for engaging. Uh, it, it's actually for vision. It's part of your vision quest. So yes, your visual clarity. Um, but I will tell you, a lot of people will go through some transformation. They, they will be, tune into their work. The relationship, things that aren't aren't really they're not really feeling connected to, and they'll make changes. So there is an evolutionary or transformational part of cleansing, which I think is very positive. So I, that's why I encourage couples, you know, to do it because if one, you know, one couple, you know, is cleansing, the other one isn't, they'll they may move apart more. Right. You need a, need a little bit of support. We're going to take a short break. I'm Diane Ray talking to Dr. Elson Haas here today. And if you would like to jump in and join the conversation, 816-251-3555. We'll be right back. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining me after the break. I'm just having a great conversation here with Dr. Elson Haas. 
learning a lot, you know, and if this strikes your fancy, if you're interested in, you know, optimal living, living with the seasons, staying healthy, learning more about your body, cleansing, all of this stuff. Uh, Dr. Elson Haas was telling me over the break that he does have a free course coming up June 12th. And is the course about, um, it's about eating for the summer, right? You know, eating healthy for that season? Yeah, it's actually a free, uh, one, it's a class that's uh, the transition. Uh, there's this concept in traditional Chinese medicine called the doyo periods, okay? The 10 days before and the 10 days after the solstices and equinoxes. So June 12th is the, you know, the transition, though it's about 10 days before summer solstice. And that's when we have to start paying attention to uh, looking ahead. You know, you know, to me, preventive medicine means acting now to prevent something later. It's not about, you know, testing or vaccines or things like that. I mean, that's one aspect of it. But Western medicine has gotten way too much involved in that as a way to protect our health. And it gives people a false sense of security. The way you take care of yourself, the foods you eat, the exercise you do, the, your, your mental state, all affect your health much more. And so that's what I encourage people. So I'll be talking about, you know, we've kind of come through spring, you know, we're all should be eating more greens right now, you know, lots of greens, lots of salads, um, layer some soups, um, and, you know, transitioning into summer, which is a time of more activity, more physical activity, uh, staying cool and when it's hotter. You know, the whole idea of seasonal eating is, you your food that you consume balances you with the with the climate with the environment in traditional chinese medicine the internal harms are the emotions worry fear anger um, etc sad you know sadness the external ones are the climates heat dryness uh wetness cold so those alter the different systems uh if people's um you know, I've done, I do these, I'm doing PowerPoints and group, you know, classes since last September, staying healthy with the seasons called All Seasons Health Program. People can sign up for my summer program, which is relatively inexpensive to do. And there'll be a cleanse part of that. There'll be a detox. Uh, I mean, there'll be several classes about staying healthy in summer. But the class on June 12th is a, an intro of understanding the importance of these transitional periods. And the word doyo is a Chinese word, means every, everything is included. It's gonna, you know, so we're, we have all aspects of the different elements at, at these times. But it's also a stress point. So we, we want to address that and deal with, you know, with those stresses that come around those times. That's interesting. So June 12th, people keep that in mind, the free course, and just go to Elson Haas, H-A-A-A-S, did I get too many A's in there? H-A-A-S-M-D.com and find out about that. I think that's so interesting because you wouldn't think that different times of the year, well, I guess it makes sense, carry different stressors. I mean, obviously, like winter and the holidays and things like that carries its own, you know, kind of stress. I mean, I think stress and, you know, fear and anxiety, those kind of things are definitely more physically harmful or are kind of the catalyst for a lot of other things that can go wrong, right? Those, those emotions, like you said. Oh. Well, my five keys to staying healthy, I'll give you this because I have a whole, a whole free course on my website uh, for that. I actually do a lot of my courses through uh, 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 
an online system called Thinkific. So that people sign up for class, they'll go, you get to go there. But the five keys to staying healthy are good nutrition, balanced diet, eating with the seasons, chewing your food well, all that. Second is good exercise, and that should be balanced also. Stretching, uh, cardio, weight, you know, keep your, your muscle tone up. Third is proper sleep, making sure you get sleep. And I would say half of my patients that I see don't sleep well. I have an online video on my YouTube channel called Healing Sleep. Anybody wants a quick review on sleep, uh, managing stress, learning how to behave. I, I have a, a section in my new medicine book called the art and practice of peacefully not getting along. So most people in relationships, they don't know how to disagree in a way that's not hurtful. And so it doesn't it push through. You know, so anyways, just stress in general. And the last one is attitude and attitude is what goes on. In between your ears, you know, what's your what, how you talk to yourself, what you think about, what your belief system is. And to me, a lot of times, the first level, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of our, of our, our show that when I did my first cleanse back, you know, 45 years ago, uh, I awakened to, wow, I could feel like this. I have to make that change. My attitude changed. It matters what I put in my body. I'm treating my body with respect and love. When I do that, guess what? I'm gonna extra. I'm gonna get better food. I'm gonna start exercising more. I'm gonna make sure I sleep properly. I'm gonna learn to deal with my emotions and stress and everything. And so, if you can just shift your attitude to, this is the only body I have. I'm gonna treat it with love. Then everything else can fall into place. Right. It all goes together. That the mind body connection, and we we're talking a little bit uh, about food, and and I love to talk about food. Yes, <laughs> I, I love to eat, and so for springtime, I mean, luckily, you know, well, we're here in California, so we have access to farmers markets, and I mean, I I know that that trend is a, is a lot more popular around the country, but some people might not have the quick and easy access, you know, to those kind of foods. I mean, if you're if you're in a pinch, would you suggest frozen food? I mean, can you can you use that if you're not in a great place? If I'm making smoothies, uh, I can buy organic frozen blueberries. I was just a plug for Costco. Costco sells more organic food than anybody else in the world. Yeah, you know, partly because they're so big and they sell right. so. Right. So they just have more and more. Every time I go in there, uh, it's just more. Yeah, I see more stuff. Wow, they have this. You know, so it's very cool. Um, but I, I really think that, you know, we need to just pay attention to that. Yeah, frozen is okay. Uh, organic frozen, even better. Um, you know, especially if you're going to make smoothies. Uh, but nothing's like, you know, nothing quite like fresh food. If you're, you know, if you're a farmer, gardener, you know, all of us can grow some food typically unless we're living in a high rise. And, you know, we'd have to kind of work on indoor gardens. But most cities in the, the country now have farmer's markets. I mean, I haven't been traveling anywhere that didn't have, you know, one or two a week at some, you know, someplace. Right. So just kind of go online in your, in your town and, and seek those out. I mean, luckily there's, there's one really close to me, so I can walk there on Sunday, which is great. And this time of year, um, what, what should we really be looking for in springtime? I mean, I know you said greens. Um, that's kind of an obvious. Yeah. Uh, what else? Like, you know carrots or certain herbs it's starting it's middle of spring now so we got tomatoes coming in we have uh uh you know a little you know, even cabbage uh broccoli uh 
Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, I've looked at every, I, I've done probably 20 different kinds of eating programs, diets, you know, I don't use, I use eating plan more than I use the word diet, just because it has, it starts with D-I-E. So, you know, and I've been, you know, washing my food all that time. But um, I think the main thing, I mean, you can get, you can read about keto and paleo and, you know, you know, the most common denominator, and you know, is eating vegetables. Okay, vegetables fit in with all the all the diets as long as it's not a bunch, you know, as long as your two the two most common vegetables in the United States is French fries and ketchup, you know. Right. <laughs> so you know we got to get beyond that and make salads every day and, and and focus there. I think it really the fresher we eat, and that's what was the message in the intro saying healthy with the seasons. The closer we eat to the garden and orchards, the more vitality, enzymes, and energy we'll get from the food. So, that, you know, that's my encouragement to people. Right. And some things, like you said, you can grow on your own. I mean, I don't really have any agriculture, real estate, you know, a yard. I've just got like things in pots, you know, out on my deck. But there, it's surprising what you can grow. I do a lot of fresh herbs out there and things like that. And you do recommend a lot of uh, herbal things that are really easy to add to our diets. And what are some things we could we could add at this time of year? Well, mint for sure. I mean, you know, if it depends if you're making tea. Uh, Oregano is easy to grow. Uh, dill, uh, different kinds of mints, you know. So, you know, you have those. I mean, I have a lot of different things in my garden. My son was here. We planted a lot of exotic herb. I have ashwagandha. I have ginkgo. I, I, you know, I have, uh, uh, you know, lemongrass. So it has a lot of different things, and they grow pretty easily. I have catnip for my catnip, so they can for my cats they can go out and roll around in it and stuff. Um, but there's you know lots of herbs, springtime herbs, cleansing you know cleansing herbs or nettles, uh, dandelion. You know you can use dandelion in your salads a little bit, uh, comfrey even comfrey leaf a little bit. You know you can use. So yeah, there's lot, lots of herbal approaches and. You know, when you look at all the greens, chard and kale and, you know, different lettuces and, you know, just, you know, eat, you know, eat some of those. But depending on your body, like if you're already a trimmer person, you know, you need more, you need more fuel and you get cold easily. So that's one of the things is a lot of women who get cold body temperature easily and they need more, they need more fuel. They need more fire. And so you have to look at what your body is. That's an interesting way to, you know, that was what I just did in my, my recent spring class was, you know, looking at um, you know, what's your body type, you know, do you need more fire? Do you need more, or, you know, earth, do you need more air? You know, what, what are those elemental balances? And Ayurveda kind of connects with that a bit as well. So. Right. And just to tell people, um, since you're, you're mentioning the elements, could you just mention the five elements in, in Chinese medicine that you work with? And we're in we're in spring is wood right now. Then summer is fire. And then okay. what are the other ones? Well, then late summer. See, in traditional Chinese medicine, there's five elements. Even though in t- typical things like astrology, I mean, you know, in Ayurveda, there's three primary elements. You know, so it's so this is also the creative cycle. So uh, wood creates fire, creates earth, creates metal or air, and water. So it's about uh, the wood element is ideas, inspiration, ideas. Summer is the fire element, which is action. Uh, the earth is more manifestation or bringing things forth by your actions. The, the, what's manifested is a form of communication. 
So I don't know, if you if you write me something, then I'm I'm receiving that. That's your communication. From that communication comes reflection. Uh, okay, what's happening? And I work with people a lot in the moon cycle too. The creativity of the new moon, the full moon to the new moon again is an important thing, and that's something that I've been tracking, you know, since the '70s. And I I work on my projects that way. My creativity right now. We're in the growing moon cycle, you know. I think it's a quarter moon now, and then, you know, another week is full moon. So that's one of the things I do in my courses. I'm actually working on a new course starting in September called Evolutionary Medicine, which is dealing with more metaphysical understanding of the elements, the seasons, and, the, you know, our cycles, and symbolism, and, um, you know, so many different more subtle realities. Metaphysics I've always been interested in which is what's beyond the physical, you know, right. get into the psycho, emotional, spiritual aspects. I tell patients all the time, I don't see there, I don't see various illnesses and symptoms as separate from the psycho, emotional, spiritual component of you. So, and that's one of the things even in the seventies, as I was doing kind of hands-on healing work with people and guided imagery, it's just like, you have to kind of tune into, you know, what's, what's out of balance. What's the message of your, I mean, every illness has a message to it. And this is my studies of uh, Carl Jung and, and Freud. It's just like working at the, looking at the subconscious. What is the message of the illness? What's it doing there? What's the healing? How, how do you approach that? And if I have people who, I ha who are experiencing kind of challenging things that doctors can't figure out, I said, it's, you know, you have, you know, you may have to figure it out, you know, and you can work with your dreams and you go to sleep at night. Talk to your body, do a little meditation. Body, what's what what are you trying to tell me? What's going on here? And what's and what's the healing? And the healing may not be something to do. It may just be a way to think about things or you know, maybe something to do. It may say, go see somebody, you know, go see an acupuncturist, go see your 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 neurosurgeon, whatever it might be, you know. So, you know, part of tuning in and listening to your own guidance. You know, or you find somebody who knows how to tune into those things that you want to use their services, you know. So to me, it's really, you know, it's a multifaceted approach, a multidimensional level of, of health care and healing. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I really am interested in and would like to explore just for myself, because if I know personally, if, if, you know, God forbid I had some cancer diagnosis or something like that, I would look at everything, the, the whole plate of, of options. You know, I would certainly listen to my oncologist or Western doctor and those kind of things, but I would look at everything. I would look at, you know, the seasons, what I'm eating, um, cycles of the moon. I mean, I'm, and I'm really interested in that too, because I feel those things, you know, when the moon is full and you feel that energy or when, it's waning and, and you, you feel things are kind of going dark. And a lot of people are not in touch with that. I think it's interesting you're going to call your new book Evolutionary Medicine when, it, when some of it's kind of, it, it's so old, you know, like we're, we're looking back at some of these things that, that people were studying thousands of years ago. Right. Well, and the, and the numerology is very cool. I mean, I, I work on my creative cycles all the time. So I work from a numerologic point of view where one is my identity to spirit two is relationship, three is my creative projects, four is my home, five is my travel and teaching. You know, so there's symbolism in all, this, in all the numbers. And I'm fascinated by everybody's birth date, 
and where they are astrologically and what their numerology is. So if you look at your birth date and you add all those numbers together, um, uh, it, you know, there's, there, there's symbolism in that. There's energies in that. And to me, uh, that's really interesting. Oh, friend of mine, Dan Millman, I don't know if he's ever been on your show, Boy of the Peaceful. Yeah. But he wrote a book a while back because he got fascinated with numerology called The Life You Were Born to Live. Here, I'm going to plug his book. And it really looks at your date of birth. Like I just met this young woman uh, we are dancing. I, we, we have a uh, town town dance and and, son, and I was just uh, she, you know, her, her birthday was, you know, 1999. So her numbers were much higher than I normally would see. So she was a 44 which is a master number, like 11, 22, 33, and 44 are, are master numbers. So they, they have a different vibration um, than just the basic, you know, two or, or six or whatever. So anyway, it was kind of. <laughs> no, it's interesting because I think that using some of those uh, different tools and modalities that people might think is woo-woo or, you know, ridiculous it, it are kind of ways that you can tap into your higher self, yeah, you goes, know, so it goes back to my old gypsy days when I was reading palms, and, you know, <laughs> tea leaves, you know, that's great. Well, I could tell my birthday, six twenty seven. it's coming up in the summertime. So I'm, yeah. I'm a cancer. Yeah, so I, I always check. I always check yeah. that. So I wanted to ask you too about, um, kind of the importance of, of acid and alkaline, you know, as we're eating seasonally, and I was reading about that in the book. Yes. And that's something to take a look at too, right? It's important. And many of the the detoxification process is basically an alkalinizing process. My detox diet book, which has all the chapters on sugar and caffeine and all that, it also has several guidelines for a detox program. I originally called the diet an alkaline detoxification program. So, because that's really what we're trying to do. When you start to do steamed vegetable, you kind of simplify because a lot of the chronic disease and the aches and pains that people have and the precancers and, you know, high blood pressure is because we're overly acidic and we're inflamed and we start to, and the inflammation causes more degenerative disease in the body. So I think we're really um, looking at, at how to, how to do that. So you know, we, we want our bodies to be more alkaline. I learned in med school that your pH is 7.4 in your blood, basically, which is slightly alkaline. The only place you want more acid is in your stomach. Now we give people a lot of antacids because of, you know, breakdown in the mucosal membranes. But, you know, that's not ideal necessarily if we can find other ways to deal with that. But um, I, I think that, you know, we're really looking at how do we calm down the inflammation that's what common herbs that people are using turmeric or, or curcumin um uh and, and other anti-inflammatory herb boswellia you know many of them so you can find formulas that will help kind of bring that inflammation down uh so to me i think that's what a lot of people need especially those you know but if somebody's also fatigued depleted their thyroid's low they're anemic you know, they need more nourishment. They need more building up. You know, they might they might not need to go on a detox. So even my detox book in, my, in season, it talks about people who should avoid doing cleansing like that. It's not, you know, it's not for everyone. It's better when you have a few extra pounds, when you have, uh, you know, a decent energy. And then, you know, you're going to start to feel that improve on your detox process. Right. And as with anything, I guess we should remind people that they should probably check with their primary care doctor 
before they attempt anything like that, like yeah. a master cleanse or something like that. Now that's good on one hand, but you know most most Western doctors don't have a, a clue about what that is, or they just hear, "Oh, I heard fasting is dangerous." So, you know, if you could do that, you could talk to your doctor for sure. Some of them might be more open and say, oh, "Yeah, you could try it. Let's keep track." You know, but if I have somebody with high blood pressure and they're on a couple meds and they go on a cleanse, I say, you've got to monitor your blood pressure. I make people their own doctors often. You've got to monitor your blood pressure. You may be able to lower, you may need to lower your, your medicines a little bit, your, your whatever, it's a statin or it's a blood pressure medicine to kind of work with that. If you have a naturopath who, you know, who knows a little bit more about detox and cleansing, you know, they might be a better guide for you you know, to, you know, in the more specific ways, what nutrients should I take? What juices should I do? You know, what programs should I do? Right. It's been really cool to talk with you. I mean, I've learned a lot. And so I just have a few questions for the last few minutes. We've got about like five, five or six minutes left. I'm just curious, what do you think when you're watching TV and you see all of these different drug ads and the litany of side effects? It scares me. I mean, do you just you know, like roll your eyes or what do you think? Uh, well, I don't watch commercials by and large. You know, I record anything I watch, I record. Um, but I think uh, it's concerning. I write a fair amount about the, the, the new approach to healthcare in my new, in the Staying Healthy with New Medicine book uh, that's available on Amazon. Um, uh, you know, I tell, I mean, I still write prescriptions to people, you know, so I, you know, I, when I first started giving people drugs back in the 70s, I, I realized I don't really want to, you know, I really don't want to understand that. So I should take these and try them before they do. Well, I did, that didn't work out so well, but, you know, because I started having, you know, a couple of reactions and all that. But I, I think that um, any drug you look up in the, in the PDR or online has a litany of potential side effects. Luckily, most people don't experience them. So I used to be very conscientious and say, you know, when I prescribe drug, even penicillin for somebody, I said it could cause this, 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 and this. Okay. But then I realized, you know, I'm feeding their, their psyche. So I started to do it differently. And I'm what I just said, I said, you know, there, if you look at any drug up, they're going to have a lot of potential side effects. Luckily, when you use the right amount, it's going to have the benefit without the side effects. Those don't happen very often. Even a common side effects is probably less than 5% of people. So I give people that positive statement. This antibiotic is going to go in. It's going to help you fight off those germs that your, your whole body is trying to cough out. And then you're going to start to be able to use that same energy for healing. So I give people a different kind of imagery since I believe that our mental imagery is so crucial to our well-being. Right. And what do you think about some of the new therapies or research like uh, medical cannabis, CBD, or psychedelics for treatment of depression? I mean, I know that's a whole other, a whole other topic, but, but what's your general kind of take on that? Well, I, you know, I'm kind of a cannabis supporting doctor. My first lecture publicly I ever gave was Ann Arbor, Michigan. I talked, I went to the library, researched the medical benefits of marijuana. It was 1971 and went to before the city council and gave a talk on potential benefits. We got it actually, it was actually made a referendum, which was legal, it was like a misdemeanor if you got caught with less than an ounce of cannabis. But I've been you know, supportive of that. Uh, I was uh, aware of Stanislav Grof's work with, uh, with psychedelics and LSD way back in the 70s and 80s also. 
I think there's some really great potential there. And I think there's a way to, again, it's, it has to do with how people see themselves. And if they get better insight into their deeper selves, they can do a lot of healing. So I, I know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that potential and it just needs to be used wisely, like everything, like like juice cleansing even. So. Right, right, exactly. I've just been reading some really interesting research over the past year or two and you know, hearing about what's happened with treatment of, you know, PTSD with ayahuasca and stuff like that. But like you said, I mean, you definitely have to find someone reputable to, to talk about that. But with cannabis becoming, you know, much more legal in, in a lot of states, you know, a lot of states are going medical, you know, here in California, it's been it pretty much, you know, op- open season <laughs> for the yeah, most part. I mean, you know, coffee is available. Nicotine's available. So yeah, you have to pay attention because it's very easy to get into trouble by over <clears throat> overusing something and having it be be a dependency and cause you problems as well. Exactly. Good advice, Doctor Haas. I wish you were closer. I, I would come and see you. <laughs> well, you're not that far. Yeah, plus, plus we can do Zoom medicine now. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to Zoom you. But I've learned a lot. I'm looking forward to finishing the book. And I hope people check this out. The 21st Century Edition of Staying Healthy with the Seasons is out in stores right now. And Dr. Haas has some great things going on on his website, elsonhaasmd.com. And check out the June 12th free course and all of the wonderful information. And thank you so much for spending some time with our Unity listeners today. I appreciate it so much. And everybody stay healthy. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.